Thank you. You're listening to the Red Room Sessions Radio Show. Kia ora, hello, haramaya, and welcome to this week's Red Room Sessions radio show, the last in the current season of shows, but don't worry, we will be back next year with more wonderful live music for you. In this week's show, we have two really wonderful guests, Louise Haywood, author and poet, and we start the show with Dean Young from Built. If you love music, tune into the Red Room Sessions radio show on WCRFM. I'm joined in the Red Room studio by Dean Young, a.k.a. Built. Now... Actually, AKA, which way around does AKA work? I always get confused. Other, otherwise known as? Otherwise known as. It shouldn't it be OKA? I don't know. That's a very good point. And known as? Known as. I don't know. Known as. Known as. Yeah, yeah There's K-A. a joke in that somewhere. I can't <laughs> find is. it. It's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. um, Dean, thank you so much for coming into the studio. And um, I was just saying before, um, really, yeah. You should be doing the interview for yourself for all of your experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, for context of, of that, I mean, you've been in broadcast for many, many years. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, if it involves a microphone, mm. you're pretty much involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, radio industry for t- uh, 25 years, Wow. I think. 25 odd years yeah so, so you started when you were two <laughs> that's right thank you thanks for that that's really kind of you um yeah started when i was i fresh out of school basically and i just got into got into radio because well the thing is is that it's kind of apt that we're having a discussion about music and and where i am now with music because <clears throat> um the whole impetus behind the radio career came from wanting to record music mm. so i remember having a discussion with myself as a as a almost school leaver going, you know, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't, I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. I was 17 or something like that. And I thought one day I just had this epiphany. I want to work with music every day. If I can do that every day, I'll be super happy. Mm. <clears throat> so um, I thought, what is a line of work that involves music? Oh, radio. And then I thought, oh, I really want to record those. So how does this... How am I going to make this work? And so I had a chat with a guy, Noel Lamberton, actually. I don't know if you've ever met Noel. No. Noel, Noel Lamberton ran a studio in Rotorua called Villa Recorders, mm. and it was the only recording studio in Rotorua. And um, That's so where you grew up. That was where I grew up, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I sought uh, Noel out one day um, as I was out of school and, you know, um, wanting to get some advice. Mm. And I said, I want to do what you do. So how do I do that? And he said, I started in radio. Wow. And I went, okay. I, and up until this point, I hadn't really kind of thought of the radio industry as a career. I, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't really on my radar. And then he suggested, oh, okay. So I found a radio course and remember, they they were called the Access courses back in the '90s, which was basically just I don't know. They must have gotten money from the government or something, and then just put sort of someone in charge that kind of knew what was going on, but just kind of let the kids do whatever they wanted to. And this was like no different. It was a little um, iwi-run radio station. Actually, they did. They had the they had all the gear and everything, and it was a little. Uh, it was called 99 Urban FM, and it was a it was a like a urban station. And um, I rocked in there and said, I want to learn radio production. And um, the guy in there said, well, 
you got to go on air first. And I said, I don't, I don't I, that's not really something I want to do. I want to learn how to record. And he said, well, no, you've got to go on air first because we need people on air. So I went, okay. So I, I went on air. I did about maybe a week's, my training before I went in the studio and to go on air was I read a mock weather forecast <laughs> to a guy who didn't really know a good weather forecast from a bad one. And then I came in one day and he said, you're on air this afternoon. I went, wow. <laughs> <coughs> so me. I went, so I, I that afternoon I was on the radio on this little <laughs> radio station. Do you have a recording of that anywhere? Oh, I hope not because <laughs> I was more scared than I'd ever been in my life. I was so afraid. I thought what have I gotten myself into? All I wanted to do was to learn how to record and here I am on the blimmin' radio and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I caught the bug and that turned into, yeah, a, a fairly, a reasonably successful radio career. And, um, and I, and I loved what I did on the radio. I'm, I'm not on the radio anymore, um, as of two or three years ago, but, um, it was certainly a fun career choice. I mean, let, let's, let's talk about that, that career. I mean, <clears> you, you were literally the, the breakfast voice on Hauraki. You were the, yeah, yeah. Twice. Twice. Yeah, and, and fired and twice. You're fired twice. In the same job. <laughs> For the same crime? <laughs> no, slightly different crime. Um, I made yeah, that was the, that was that was quite a career highlight when I was uh, I was really young. I'd been in the game for about six years and I remember looking at um, no, I wasn't. I was in the game for about two or three years at the time. Maybe not even that. And I remember seeing a Hauraki sticker and I made a little mental pledge to myself one day. I'm going to do the breakfast show on that radio station. I'd wow. never heard Haraki before. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and then six years later, I was on Haraki in 1998. Uh, it didn't go well. I was on, I was with Haraki in 1998 for four months, and we were made redundant, oh, no. <laughs> replaced because we were terrible. Um, <laughs> It was there was a whole other thing going on at the time, which I won't, I can't get into because it's just too too complicated. But um, suffice to say, it was a bit early for me. Yeah, almost ten years to the to the month later, I was back at Hauraki in two thousand and eight, and I was there for yeah for four years uh, with with William Dean, the Morning Pirates, um, for roughly half of that, and the rest of the time with um, with Nick Trot and Mel Homer, and we did the breakfast show. Until 2012, and then uh, yeah, made redundancy. So, radio, radio. Um, so basically, another another eight years, and then you'll be. You'll yeah, be I'll back. be back. I'll probably be back. Yeah, it's just a really dynamic cutthroat. No, no, people say cutthroat. It's. I don't think it's any more cutthroat than any other industry, to be mm. honest. I mean, it's it is a very dynamic industry, and so therefore it. You know the, the the comings and goings can be very dynamic. The decisions have to be very dynamic, and sometimes you just get caught in the crossfire. It's not a personal thing; it's just mm. business, and that's that's really hard to take when it when because radio, it is part of your life. You live it, so you can't help but feel like it's a personal thing, because it's it's something that you when you're on the radio, you draw everything you talk about. You draw from your life, so you never turn off. Mm. That's why people say, oh, you, know, you do four hours in the morning and then you go home and you do bugger all. And I was like, no, I, I get up at, you know, I used to get up at like four, quarter to four in the morning, get in there by five, prep, do the show, have a meeting, 
go home, have a, have lunch or have a bit of a break and then prep for the rest of the afternoon and to the evening. You never switch off though. So it's a really um, a really hard industry to stay relevant in mm. and you can never switch off. You are, um, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but I don't really need to. You're not you're not an egotistical man. You're um, one of the most down to earth, um, deep thinking people that I know. That's very kind. No, it happens to be true. <laughs> and I always associate sort of the it's the complete opposite in terms of what I associate the radio personality to be is is, is what you were as what you are as right. a person. How did it? What am I trying to say? I'm trying to ask: Is that was the ego really hurt? through that was that a oh, difficult yeah. thing and did you know was how did you cope with that yeah you just gotta i don't know it is at times through my career i've all i've almost felt like i was in and i probably was in the wrong career <laughs> 25 years um and i only just figured out recently maybe you are in the wrong career because you do need i think some of the more successful breakfast people radio people or just radio people in general uh, the the ones with the the longer careers, yeah, they probably had a few um, lucky breaks along the way, but that's not certainly not taking anything away from how talented they are. There's no. there's people that have been on the radio f- in one spot for their entire career, and they're there because they're so good at what they do, and they're so consistent at what they do. My um, I I've moved around a little bit because I've had you know. When I talk about dynamic, yeah, you know, you'd have a, a new manager come in or a new PD come in, program director come in, and they'd go, they'd look at the show and they go, hmm, not not too sure about this show. I think I want to change it. So there were there were a few situations. That hierarchy one being an example twice of <laughs> someone new coming in and just going, actually, no, I I want to tweak this and make it sort of more to my liking or more to the current market or how I see the current market or whatever. Um, the ego side of things, yes, it you do need you do need that. You do need that ego. And I always said, I used to tutor radio as well, and I used to say to my students, you know, you've got to be you've you've got to be up here, meaning you've got to you've got to amplify yourself. Mm. You've got to turn yourself up to eleven. Um and that's just the nature of the beast. But you've got to retain a lot of yourself. So it's a real, it's a real tightrope to mm-hmm. walk, um, and it can be it can be very very tricky. But I mean, it, it kind of helps that I really dislike people with huge egos. I think <laughs> I think the thing with ego is that you've there is there's good ego and there's bad ego. There's misdirected ego and then there's ego that's well placed and that it's that's in check mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, radio's full of large egos because you kind of need it. Mm. Um, You're on a stage constantly. You are. Yeah. And as as I said to, as um, Willie DeWitt, who I used to work with on Haraki, used to say, he says, that studio door is the stage door. Mm. And we walk through that door and onto the stage. And doing the show with those guys was like doing a live radio play. You know, in between the songs, they would be writing material they'd go off into another room and write stuff and come back in and go, right, youngie, we want you to be this part um, and you've got to say blah, 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 blah when we give you that cue. Like, okay, so I'd write it down and I'd go, don't, 
don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. <laughs> and um, it, but it was so much fun with those guys because they were comedians, they were actors, and they were they were talking about walking a fine line. They were walking a fine line between you know being radio presenters, but also actors yeah. and and comedians um, playing parts. So you know, going back to that word dynamic those guys are super dynamic. Like mm. I would be watching those guys in awe every day, coming out, pulling creative stuff out of thin air that was topical about the day's news and making it funny and doing it five days a week mm. at, at Sparrow's Fart, you know. <laughs> You've got to take your hats off to those guys because they were. They, I, know, I was just in awe of them and it was a real honour to work with them too. Bringing, bringing it forward now, I mean... Um when I first met you, I actually didn't have a clue about your, your musical, your, your radio career, because I was just completely enamoured with the, the project you were doing at the time, which was The Theory of Static. The Theory of Static, yeah. And I think um, we shared a bill with you in, my, in my, my old band, and I just literally, as soon as I heard you guys play, fell in love with what you were doing and um, became a big fan. Um, tell me a little bit about that project. Yeah, that came out of... Um, that came out of, uh, yeah... Uh, uh, a project that I started, I have to go right back to 1998 when I started recording in my bedroom. Um, when I wanted to, when I realized I wanted to learn how to record, I finally in 1993, I think it was, started recording demos of my band on one inch tape on an eight track at the, at the Geyserland FM production studio, mm. which was a beautiful old room, had a beautiful old room, wood paneling and everything from the 60s that was all, you know, it was a proper room. And it, and it was just, it was filled with old um, files and old records and things. And we said, can we, we said to the manager, can we move all that stuff out and use that as a, as a recording room to record demos? And he went, yeah, of course you can. So we used to come in at night and on weekends and record our bands. Mm. And that's where I got my hands on. I was like, finally, I've got my... Get your space. I've got my space and I've got my rec my recording career is underway. Mm. So I learned on tape. Fast forward a little bit through, you know, doing all those demos and things. In, in 98, I decided that um, I would move to Auckland <clears throat> to take on the hierarchy job and, um, and create a home studio. So I bought one of those little uh, VS840s, I think they were called, um, Roland. Mm-hmm. You recorded eight tracks onto a zip drive, right? And that was my studio, mm. and I started recording music. And um, the following year, I did my first EP. It was under the name Breathing Underwater. That was the the roots of this theory of static. Was this project called Breathing Underwater? <clears throat> and I did an album uh, called Horizon Christ, which I was really, really pleased with. Um, and did and you play all the parts? Played that? all the parts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that band, you know, band, that project kind of morphed into this theory of static. And it was at that point, it was maybe 2006, 2007, when I wanted to try and work with other humans mm. because I was getting a bit bored with myself. <laughs> um, I was too much, you know, in my own head too much, too much yeah. of the time. And I just thought, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if I could bounce ideas off someone else? And have them help with this. Not just the other voice in your head. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, because it's going a bit mental. So I found uh, Jerome, who's who was the guitar player. Um, he's an old friend of mine, actually, back from Rotoro days. And Jerome and I met up at the, I think it was the 2000 and 
2006 or 2007 Music Awards. And I didn't know he was even in Auckland. He worked for Shock Records at the time. And so we went, I said, oh, what are you doing? You know, what, what's what's happening? Are you writing? Are you, you know, playing? Or I, I knew he played guitar, obviously. He says, oh, I'm doing some stuff at home. What are you doing? And I told him. And he went, oh, that'd be, you know, I said, look, I'm actually looking for people to bounce ideas off. Would you be interested? And he said, yeah. And this next thing I know, he's firing me riffs and song ideas. And I'm like, well, this is, this is great. And then I thought, you know, this could turn into something. Mm. I said, what's Luke doing? Luke Hale is an old friend of ours and and, and um, Jerome and he go way, way back. And we all knew each other in Rotorua as um, as early 20s guys um, into heavy metal and um, drinking Waikato. <laughs> um, and A heady combination. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but that's what you did. Uh, Luke was in Canada at the time but was coming home. And I, I asked Jerome, is he still playing drums? And he said, yeah. What a drummer too. He's a great drummer. So Luke came came home um, and joined up, and those guys had met Maddie, Matt Burling, um, at uni, I think it was, years previous, and I'd never met Matt. And uh, next thing I know, we're, we're all sort of sitting in the same room chatting about what we want to do, and there's ideas flying around, and I'm writing what became Electricity, the album that came out in 08, I think it was. And yeah, then those guys, they I'd bounce ideas off them. They're great because they're really honest. And that was the the, the big thing for me was I really wanted honesty because working in, a, in that vacuum when you, when it's just you in a room and you're coming up with stuff and you might come up with two or three ideas that you think are great – you fully flesh them out, you turn them into songs, then you go, oh, I don't know really if I want to play these to people because what if they hate them? <laughs> and it's that insecurity that creeps in. Whereas if you've got three other like-minded people that only have everyone's best and mm. you know intentions at heart um, and want to make things better, uh, you know, you say, what do you think? And they go, that's great, but let's don't like that, this. but let's try yeah, this. Yeah. I hate that part. Why don't we try this? And they were they were awesome. They were really super super helpful. Luke, amazing um, energy live as well. Yeah, yeah. I th- it it really it really worked. And I think for for us, the big thing, or well, at least for me, was that everyone really got along, mm. and we all had a really nice chemistry. And we're still friends to this day. I mean, the, the band kind of fizzled out because we tried to write together and it didn't work, mm. um, which is a real shame because those guys, I'd still count those guys as some of my best my best friends mm. um and it was so much fun putting that thing together and then we played together probably for another two or three years after that and i think we we played our last gig in in 2010 um so yeah and electricity got some really good reviews and you can buy that album still yeah can't you? yeah, yeah. electricity the stereostatic on itunes awesome check it yeah, out check it out well um that's going to segue nicely into some music so would you? What would you play for us first, please? I think we'll play. Um, let's do the first single. All right, start again. Hey, y'all! You're listening to the Red Rain Sessions. A disenchantment will show the way, and he's waiting to prime that joke. All hail the broken. 
wrong day, wrong place, wrong passing glance, still sane, chilled out. He's never been quite the same with all his, with all his faults. awesome uh hearing you play that acoustically i thanks, mean I, I i your that this record is on constant repeat for me at the moment oh thanks i absolutely love it um and just to give some context to the listener um dean's new project is called built and the record is called 
uh, here's to sweet sabotage. I had to think about that. Yeah, yeah, what the hell yeah. is it called? And uh, and yeah. it's available everywhere, so I highly recommend it. And when you listen to that record, you're going to hear it's rather different to these acoustic versions. And if you already know the record, you're in for a treat hearing these acoustic versions. Thank you for reworking them. Um, was that a big challenge? I mean, how did you write the songs in the first place? Did you write them on acoustic, or what's your process? Some of them were actually, which which I guess that song start again. I think began that the chorus began on acoustic. Um, that riff, that main riff of that song, actually was on acoustic as well. I remember walking around the house playing that mm. um, and going, "This could be something." And oh, maybe I could tie it together with that other ringy kind of thing. Maybe that could be a chorus. And so, yeah, some of these songs did actually take root on acoustic guitar. Um, that song being the newest of those six that are on the EP that was put together at the start of the year. It was a real, it was like an almost like an afterthought, really, because I thought I had it in the can, and then and then I wrote that one, and and then I thought, oh, I wonder if I could put this on the EP. So it is. It's included, and it's uh, the first single. So um, yeah, I was really pleased with that one, the way it turned out. Although it was a difficult birth, that song went through about thirty mixes over about four months <laughs> or three months. And, and, something just, like that. and give again the listener a bit more context of that. This is you going back to working on my own, on your own yeah. literally playing every instrument, the yeah. drums, the bass, yeah. the guitar, you're singing it, yeah. you're mixing it, you're yeah. engineering it, <laughs> producing it. In Such fact, a conf- control freak. In fact, the only thing that you're not doing on it was, there was the mastering, which yeah. was done overseas. But yeah. how how do you manage to maintain objectivity when you're, when you're doing everything? Because it, it's an incredibly well-sounding record. It doesn't feel like anything's been compromised. Thanks, man. What about your sanity? Has that been compromised? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, after the 30th mix of that particular song, it was seriously compromised. Um, yeah, it, that's. I, I say the sort of same thing about architects. You know, with architects have to, they've got to be, on the one hand, creative, on the other hand, analytical. And I always look at architects and go, how are you even functioning as a human being? Because you must be so conflicted. You know, one side of the brain is at war with the other. I want to do this cool thing. Well, no, because it's got to be X, Y, Z, plus, minus, blah, 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 multiplied by blah, 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 and the right angled <laughs> sign of that. Ah, oh, screw that. I want to do that. I want to make that curve like that of that, you know, roof line or whatever. And I, I, and I, I drew the comparison um, actually just recently and went, that's me. Because, you know, on the one hand, you want to be as creative as possible and open that door and keep that door open as long as you possibly can to let those ideas flow through. But at the same time, you're, you know, you're balancing EQs and pans and compression and oh, this this has to be this has to sound a certain way. I think what I've managed to be able to be able to do is is be able to marry that sort of analytical side up with the creative side and that it's if I do it this way, meaning the technical way, then it's going to achieve that result mm. for the creative side. So I try and I try and kind of seesaw them if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and it seems to it seems to work, but it is, yeah. It's this process for for this EP is is quite a was quite a lengthy one, and it goes back to because you had something like thirty or forty uh, yeah, songs, didn't you? I had about thirty five odd songs, and it was after 
this theory of static sort of finished. And I knew that I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what that was. I knew that I wanted to make, all I knew is that I wanted to make it simple or simpler because this theory of static was quite progressive at times and was a, there was a lot of twists and turns. And I still really love that. But I wanted to not have to cram 30 or 40 sections into a song <laughs> and all these different time changes, even though I still love that. But I, I wanted to simplify it somewhat. So there was a, a good maybe five years, five or six years of exploring, just going into the into the bedroom studio, sitting down, having an idea, recording it, pressing stop, save, closing the computer and going outside and getting some fresh air. And I would do, and, and, and you know, and life gets in the way as well. Mm. You know, there were several house moves. There was renovation, renovations going on. There was a relationship end. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on in that whole sort of period of time. And I so think it was- plenty of material to draw upon. Yeah, there, there really was. Yeah. And some of those, some of the songs, I mean, the oldest song on this dates back to, I think, 2011. Mm. So, um I took stock probably, I think it was at the end of 2015, I took stock of all these songs. And yeah, I thought, oh, I could do an album. There's definitely enough here for an album. And I narrowed it down to 15. And then I went, cool, that's great. And then I thought, this is going to take forever. I'll, narrow, I'll make it 12. I'll make it 11. And then four months rolls past. I haven't done anything. I'm just going to do an EP because this is going to. Um, <laughs> if I keep if I keep on at this pace, this thing's never going to happen. So, I chose the best five. Um, I wrote uh, the track "Gone." I think was was the f kind of the first the first one of the new like the new kind of direction that I was going in um, at the end of 2015, and then I sort of married those up with the other four that I really liked from the older um, batch of songs and I just worked on them mm. um, and I prioritised. It's really hard because you want to, you know, you want to spend time with your partner. You want to spend time with your child. And you, you want to lock yourself away in the studio. and Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to do all these things. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm blessed with a very patient partner. I'm blessed with a with a wonderful child who's who's also super creative who who really wants to hear what I'm doing Brilliant. as well so that kind of helps so um, let's let's hear something else from this uh, okay. from this EP played in a strip back way what are you going to play for us next let's do non-believer thank you Don't give me faith A saving grace All of these breaths I take Forgone my revelation Built, failed and sold Filled Space with holes, a wonderful philosophy. Spread wings in spite of me. Soapbox hero, plus ones and O's, equal to. 
Again, I'm blown away with hearing that song uh, stripped back like that. I Thanks, mean, man. did you have to completely rework it? Yeah. Yeah, some of these... The thing with, with going back, start again, because there's some wacky tunings going on, um, there's some detuned stuff, which I really, really enjoy. I love... I love What's the tuning on this? Um, it's got a beautiful ring to it. That song was Dad Gad mm. for the guitarist. Um, which is a tuning I think Soundgarden used quite a bit. Yeah. 
um, which is actually is the same tuning as the one on the EP, the version of the on the EP. Um, I I love hearing bands take their music in different directions. Um, a Perfect Circle do that do a great job of reworking other people's songs and making it their own. Mm. Um, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've gone, oh, I'd really love to cover that song. And then I'd go, are you really going to improve on perfection? <laughs> no. Can you make it your own? Not really. I'd just be covering it because I like it. And then I'd have to say no. Mm. Um, so I guess that it's the same school of thought with my own stuff is that I want to kind of reimagine these songs and make them a little bit, a little bit different. Mm. Give them, yeah, just give them a, a new lease of life. Mm. I mean, they're all, like I said, some of these songs are pretty old, but you know, you can give them, you can certainly give them some new energy just by changing a few things. And tell me a little bit about the way you write lyrics, <clears throat> because your words are, are brilliant. Oh, thanks, man. No, no, it's um, it's a rare. Thing to hear these days. I hate shit lyrics. Yeah, I'm. I feel the same way. I yeah. can't. I, I can't deal with. How I don't do you, know. But how, how do you write your lyrics? Is that first? Does riff come first, or are they completely separate things that I, just happen to marry? Yeah, I often think that I don't spend enough time on lyrics. I often think, and and, and the same was was with the singing as well. I often feel like I don't give that enough time because for me it's it comes at the end so I get all the music together and all these all these um, lyrics and vocals most of the vocals were done in a week between a Monday and a Friday uh, in the last week of the school holidays at the start of 2017 um, when I gave myself that window I said right I'm going to I'm going to work not eight hour days and I'm going to write lyrics and I'm going to record these lyrics and those are going to be the lyrics that go on the EP. So every day I'd get up and I'd pick a song and I'd start, I'd go out onto my deck and I'd play the song and I would listen and write down stuff. I'd, I'd listen to other people's music and be inspired by their words. Mm. I'd listen to the way that they would phrase their lines mm. um, and I would be I, I, tr it's, I guess it's the same kind of it's the same direction as how I like to take the music I like to I like to be surprised by by music I like to I like to hear a riff playing and then it does something that I'm not expecting mm. because I, I think I know where it's going but it does a left turn and you mm. go that's genius mm. which is kind of the thing with the start again riff it's kind of unusual. It turns back upon itself, and I think it's got this weird kind of timing where it changes every bar, and you hear it differently every bar. And I love that. Mm. I love being surprised by things like that. So the same with the lyrics. I like I like being surprised by lyrics. I like hearing lyrics that you don't often. You, I mean, it's it's a it's it's a. It, I'm not a poet, but I like writing words that seem to work together nicely. I would say, though, that they have a very deep resonance to them. Please excuse my voice, by the way, getting over a cold. But so um, um, they don't seem frivolous in any way. I mean, they're, they're very thoughtfully put together. And it's, and it's oftentimes not until well after the fact that you look back on those lyrics and you go, at the time they might not have felt like they are about anyone or anything. 
but you look back on them and you go, oh my God, that song is so about that person. Mm. And I didn't, either you don't want to acknowledge it at the time, you just want to write it down and get it out. If it's painful, you want to write it down and get it out of you and then you go, oh, I feel a bit better now. Mm. But not full, which is weird because you're you are acknowledging something that happened to your that person that was in your life. You've just written about it. You feel better about it, but you're it denying conscious. it at the same time. It's <laughs> just, just such a weird. If you talk about conflicted, I mean that, yeah. that's that's totally conflicted. So there's yeah, there's a couple of songs that are directly about a person and about a time in my life. I wasn't really aware of one and, until just recently when I was actually when I was putting together these acoustic versions and I looked at the lyrics and went oh okay <laughs> first time you've stood back yeah and had a look yeah and that yeah. which is nice because that again is a is a nice little surprise yeah you know yeah. um it's so how we exercise ourselves as artists uh, isn't it yeah and I often think you know being overly critical everyone musicians are always really overly critical of themselves and I will I will always constantly second-guess lyrics and constantly second-guess every single decision that I make with my music. Um, but at some point, you've just got to go... Let it go. Let it go. It is what it is, mm. you know. Um, and the same with, you know, definitely with lyrics. Like, I'm always going, why, why did you write that? Like, what does that mean? Mm. Does that mean anything? Um, the The great thing about it, though, is that I love when people hear your song and you go oh yeah that song is definitely about that eh? and you go nope no but if it is for you but if it is for you yeah. that's awesome because it's and it's supposed to that's what music's supposed to do for me at least i hope that people listen to my stuff and go yeah that that really resonated with me and it's it might like be reaction yeah, yeah it might be completely different to to what i wrote about but it's not about me anymore it's about the listeners so. yeah that's a, a, a true sign of good art, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. It's interpretation. Yeah. So let's let's hear something else. What you, what do you got for us? I'm thirsty. Okay. Um, what was the other song? Start again. What have we done? We've done non-believer. We did non-believer. Start again. Start again. And and save yourself. Save yourself. Yeah. Okay. This is um, save yourself. Before you play it. Yes. What was the inspiration behind this one? Save Yourself, uh, I do believe, is inspired by social media. Oh. It's become a common theme on this show recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's such a big part of everyone's lives now, and you can really lose yourself in it. Mm. More and more ways than one, and more ways than, you know, staring at a screen when you should be talking to your child or your partner or whatever. Um, so hence, save yourself, like step away. Mm. Let's hear it, let's hear it. <laughs> Can't tell the right from all the wrong. Can't say I never played alone, bound in the machine, bound in the machine. I feel a fraction less 
time A number and a name Cease holding doubt Simulated spark the flame Illusions over truth Calculated reality Cannot shove us away Save yourself Your friends listening Inside yourself a reworking yeah yeah that 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 was a bit did, of a mission did that take some time it did a little bit yeah i think well you know i think there were there was probably a little bit more put into the other ones as far as reworking is concerned that one that was a chorus again it was helped by i think it was written on acoustic as mm. well so the whole the it's a very ringy I love the I love choruses that just kind of open up, mm. and I remember years ago listening to I think it was I think it was Soundgarden, and I was it was I'd only been writing songs for about maybe a year or two, and I remember listening to Soundgarden going, how do they I'm so fucking pissed off <laughs> that that chorus that that verse can go to this part that goes to a bridge and then the chorus just takes off yeah how the do they do those guys do that? Yeah. How I remember being really, really frustrated because I couldn't get my choruses to go to that next level like they could. Mm. Um, so that was that's always been a thing I think with my writing is that I like it when that chorus takes off and yeah. it opens up mm. and it becomes you know this other thing, a journey, a journey. It's all Dynamics. a journey. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So what's what's next for you, mate? What's what's coming up? 
Um, writing more songs. And um, I'd like to do an album. I'd like to... Must I'd, be new material or some of those old 35 tracks. No, I don't think I want to revisit those. Mm. You know, just on that too, there was an album that I did, um, and you heard it as well. Um, speaking of unreleased stuff, there was an album that I did after Electricity when in the This Theory of Static Days. And I loved it, and I still listen to did, it. You did, you yeah. loved it. <laughs> I loved it too, but it was it was after a divorce, and it was all very personal, mm. which was great, but also not so great. Mm. So the guys in the band were like, you want us to play this shit? No, I don't think so. This is your stuff. This is not, we can't, they couldn't connect to it because mm. it was just so personal. Mm. And of course, because that like that really helped me mm. that that out that and I didn't I didn't want to do anything with it after that because um, it served its purpose. Mm. So it gave me a focus and I just poured everything into that. Mm. So um, it's the same as is, you know, it's it's kind of similar with these these older songs is that done that checked, you know, if they didn't make the the, the cut the first time around, then, you know, there, there may be little snippets here and there that I could gain some inspiration from but just in the very early stages of you know because I'm always documenting this is how I get 35 odd plus things sitting on a hard drive for years mm. um, I'm always documenting little thoughts and ideas and just the early stages of of the next batch of songs whatever they may be mm. is quite um, I think the word that comes to mind is atmospheric oh, okay. it's a bit more working a bit more with the interplay of things almost in a room. I mean, I can't really play. <laughs> I can't play with myself in a room. <laughs> well, I could. Do you want to rephrase that? <laughs> I, could, I, I could, but that would be weird. Um, no, I, I want to get a feeling that this is a, you know, that this is a, a band that's, or a project. You're going to need to like put loop pedals on every instrument <laughs> and basically just build up, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's created in a, in a space. Mm. So I'm kind of, I'm, I mean, you know, this could all change. Mm. Um, I mean, are you, is there any plan to play these songs live? Are you putting a band around it? Or are you quite content for it to be a studio project? Um, at this stage, studio, but, you know, never say never. Mm. Um, the other side of letting this theory of static go fizzle out was that I think we all got a little bit sick of l loading gear onto a stage at 3 a.m. Yeah. on a five-band bill yeah. when the second band's crowd has all left yeah. and you're playing to the bar staff. And, and whereas then, next door there's a DJ playing someone else's music <laughs> yeah. and it's going off. And it's going <laughs> off. You know, being in an original band in New oh, Zealand... It's, 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 Testing to the soul, I think. It really is, is you know, yeah. it really is. You've got to, what I would, you know, if it got to that stage, I would like for it to have some sort of a following before I got there so that when we did go ah, out, the there would be... the Catch-22 situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So unless I know that there's even just a handful of people out there, mm. um, it probably will remain a studio thing. But, you know, I love I love recording. It's it's my life. Like, I've been doing this half my life. And that's more of your pleasure than the live performance stuff, eh? That's, that's more, yeah. more, more interesting for you. It's more, it's definitely more in interesting for me because I'm always, I'm always sort of, I always felt frustrated that I couldn't get that feeling or that vibe live mm. that I could from hearing it 
coming out of my monitors. Mm. You know, there was, I think the last gig that this theory of static did was was probably our best gig actually, which was at the King's Arms, which, oh, God rest its soul, um, yeah. that we always got a great onstage sound. It's It was it was just so good. The songs took off, and they were, and and I was really proud of us that night, because um, it just sounded great. And I thought, oh, why can't every gig be like this? Mm. You got to be. I think if you're in a in a in a live band and you're playing original music, you you need to be extremely resilient. Yeah. Um, you've got to be resilient with the crowds. You've got to be resilient with yourself, with your bandmates. You've got to be patient. And it's a real, it's a hard road. It really sure is. is. It's hard yakka. Thank you so much for coming in, Dean. Thanks, man. It's been I a really real, real um, privilege interviewing you and um, also hearing these songs in a stripped back way because I love them. So thank you so much for that. Thanks, bro. Um, just for the listener's sake, you can get this record on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, CD Baby, Bandcamp. Apple Music. Apple Music, where else? Pretty much everywhere that you can get music from digitally. Yeah. Um, you can you can get it. And if if enough uh, sold, I understand there might be some physical if um, if the digital goes well, which it should do. Yeah. He's yeah. hoping. I'd like to hear it on vinyl. It'd be amazing, yeah. wouldn't it? Let's do it. Hey, mate, thank you so much. Thanks, bro. If you love music, tune into the Red Room Sessions radio show on WCRFM. Hello, Louise. Hi. How are you? Good, thanks, Matt. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you, because yeah. you've joined me in the studio. Oh, wow. And what a wonderful studio it is. Thank you. So, Louise, um, you are a poet. Correct. And um, we have the privilege of listening to some of your poetry. Thank you. Um, what is it that inspires you when you're writing? What inspires me is basically giving hope to people. So if I can do that through poetry or any other means, then that makes me happy. So, mm. yeah. And this, this particular work is a, a bit of a collaboration with a friend of yours, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, yes, with Gray Bartlett, who kindly listened to one of my poems. Um, and he said, ah... Hemingway and I said yes that's one of my inspirations and he said I've got just the piece of music for you and uh, he played it and I said oh wow and he said if you want to you can match it up and so that's why we're here with you. That's awesome so just for the the benefit of the listeners who is Gray Bartlett? Oh um, Gray Bartlett is probably one of the best Mm. or I think he's the best um, guitarist in New Zealand he's He's probably 70-odd years of age now. He's still in top performing. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, he's very, very good. And he is still performing. Um, he's, he's yeah, just an incredible guitarist who is well-recognised in New Zealand. Yeah. Who did he play with in the past? We'll um, edit that bit out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he was PA or something. When you were working with him, you didn't know who he played with. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I what guess kind of assistance well, you? <laughs> it's really funny that you say that because what happened was um, he hired me as PA slash publicist with um, bringing in people like Tommy Emmanuel and Hank Marvin. Wow! And that's what I mainly worked on with him and. I didn't really know that he was so great. Hey y'all, you're listening to the Red Room Sessions. When he put out um, one of his um, recent 
albums, Private Conversations, probably the, the most recent. And, you know, I just was blown away. Mm. The, the, his music used to come on in my car when I was listening, and, and I'd go, oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. And it was him. <laughs> and I had no idea. So I kind of came from, from yeah. that admin side working with him rather than and next thing you know there he's on the radio that's you, right. you start to see a side of him you didn't realize existed. yes and yeah blown away so he was influenced by Hemingway at the same time so he was working on a body of work or a song at least yeah he was influenced by Hemingway a long time ago um so it was just that we happened to match it up when I yeah. read him one of my poems oh, and he awesome. said wow you know I, so I you're going to do two poems for us today that's right so let, let's let's hear the first one Okay. What's this, the first one? What's the influence of this first one? Um, just really giving hope, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Is there was there a, is there a backstory? What's, where's that hope coming from? I'm going to dig deep, Louise. You have to forgive me. You can tell me to get lost if you like. It's fine. <laughs> I, um, I think the otherwise. hope. Well, it, yeah, just because things can be so difficult living yeah. on Earth um, for all of us, and really the night pilot. You can take it whichever way you want, whether it's a star shining bright in the sky only, or whether it's a you know a pilot flying his whatever plane mm. very high. Um, it's really just to so that you're inspired into knowing that there is more to life than than what we the drudgery of of everyday mm. life. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hear it. Love live music. Tune into the Red Room Sessions radio show. The Night Pilot. Shining bright, you are a star. I receive you well from afar. You hold a candle to the wind and shine so bright, where to begin? The light, it brings you hope and fame. The light, it leads you far from home. The light, it fills your heart with gold. Your very soul begins to mould. Catapult your fear elsewhere and carry it safely home. Begin again and begin again till finally you take hold. Darkness, darkness everywhere, but hold your candle close. A feeling that encompasses all will rock you gently home. The fox, the badger, there's food for all. The earth will take its hold and bring you back to see time unfold, master of your destiny. The pilot he holds very high, his place up in the sky. Tomorrow brings another day He'll fly you in his plane. That's very beautiful. Thank you, Matt. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing it with us. I do happen to know that you like poetry. I do happen to have a soft spot for poetry, yes. I do. I do. Lucky I for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All art form, really. Anything that's an expression of the human spirit that's authentic. Yeah. I think that's the thing you can tell, can't you, with art? You can look at something, or, or, you know, I mean, it's only my perspective, but you look at something and you, or you, you hear something and you know if it's from the heart, if it's true, if it's, you know, if it's not trying to be something else, you know. Exactly. You've got it. <laughs> now, this next poem you're going to read for us, this is um, something pretty close to my heart as well. It's about one of my favourite artists. Yes. Just tell us a little bit about that, please. Um, so it's called The Well, and... The background of it is Chris Cornell um, and the way, you know, he was obviously living his life before he passed away. Um, and and really, it it has that side of it that's a bit dark. 
and then um, it also um, includes his daughter. He he really loved his daughter. He absolutely adored her, really, mm. and it was a it was vice versa. She adored her daddy, um, and so that comes into the poem as well. So it's sort of like a sadness, a deep sadness, um, but also um, you know how much love there was as well. Let's hear it. The well, a living hell. I see it now, the way I was back then. I don't know how he followed my cloud, but I hope he leaves it soon. He struggles with his deathly wish. No bounds he's met his match. He follows you swiftly around the land. His words, his deed, indeed they swatch. Lying on his bed at night, the needle well within. He places his hand close to his heart and seeps into a giant well. Comfort he finds when he speaks with you. He knows his heart, he knows it's true. He cannot get out of the grave of earth, but in time he will, you'll see. And when he speaks of you, a tenderness within, he sees the world through your eyes and begins the day again. By dying you destroyed your death, the masters of creation took your hand and guided you here. Your light long reminds us of where we used to steer. Shadows ran across the road and drew your mother near, fighting back the tons of tears you met her everywhere. Take the hand that leadeth you through cold and dark and snow. Follow it wherever you go, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the mighty forever and ever. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for that, Louise. It really was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I could definitely hear the, you know, the daughter. Oh, Yeah, great. she's an amazing human being, isn't yes, she? Yes, she is. Yeah. So tell me, what's your plans with these poems, Louise? What are you, what are you working towards? Oh, wow. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing a book. Well, I've written the book. I've got two more behind it. Um, and this, um, it's basically at the stage where it's, it's with a book designer. I've got probably about 40, 50 um, poems. I've got a beautiful artist that I found at um, the Technical Institute in town. And um, it's all gelling together quite beautifully. So when do you think that book will be out? Well, I'm hoping before Christmas. Fantastic. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> yes. Now, yeah. because you record so beautifully, are you going to do an audio book as well? Um, what a lovely idea. I hadn't actually thought of that. You should. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Louise, thank you so much for coming into the studio. I wish you all the very best with this book. The poetry is lovely. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for letting me come to these beautiful studios and, um, Anytime and be you on like. the show. Or anytime you like. Take care. If you love live music, tune into the Red Room Sessions radio show. 